If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Um, I want to give a, a message today that will just basically close out this year and, and, and look forward to uh, next year, 2015. I've just titled it Unearned Favor. Because here's the thing about our lives. The longer that I've lived this Christian life and the more I know about God, I understand something about his nature is that he doesn't owe me anything, but he loves me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's a marvelous thought. Yes. And so because he loves, he gives. Right. He showed us that in John 3, 16, as you know, or Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Then Romans, later on, the apostle Paul says, he who did not spare His own son. He didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How will he not also, with him, freely give us all things? See, we don't get what we deserve. We simply get what God wants us to have. And that is what unearned favor is about. He chose to love you. He chose to be good to you, simply because that's who he is. Not because you got his attention by some spectacular work on your part. Not because you've lived a stellar life. No, we all have done far from that. Aren't you grateful today for his unearned favor? Aren't you grateful today for his grace that came to us? That mercy is wonderful. Mercy is good. Mercy is you not getting what you deserve. I'm grateful for that, and that would have been wonderful. But then he not only gave us mercy, he gave us grace. Mercy is you not getting what you deserve, but grace is getting you getting what you don't deserve. Yeah. <clears throat> Favor with God. Thanks. So we're going to go to the book of Ephesians today, chapter 4. I want to talk to you. We're going to pull three things from this chapter concerning unearned favor. An unearned favor is brought to us to help us become unified in faith, to enjoy the unity of faith, to have the understanding of family, and to live in the ultimate of fullness. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he, that's Jesus, himself gave some. See that? He gave. That's, that's what the gift is. It's unearned. That's what grace is. It's unearned. Gifts are not supposed to have strings attached. Right? gifts are given regardless of of the performance of the one that you are giving it to. Amen. All right. So he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. I just want to say for a moment as your pastor, I'm honored to be your pastor and to be here to teach you the word, to pray with you and to pray for you and to be a support for you on December 26th. Uh, celebrated four years as your pastor. So uh, you guys are awesome. You make, uh, yeah, well, you really make this, uh, make this a wonderful experience. I have other, I have friends who are pastors. They don't have it near as good as I do. And uh, I have to say that's because of you. You're awesome people, an awesome family. Um, let's go to verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, this is 
what my responsibility as your pastor is, is to equip you to be effective ministers. Because we're all in the ministry as the children of God, right? Whatever whatever occupation you have, whatever vocation, it doesn't matter. You're all ministers because you're all His. And so I'm here to equip you for the work of the ministry so that you feel well-equipped, you know exactly what you're doing, you know how to minister to others, how to reach out, how to teach, how to talk, what to say, all those kinds of things, and then for the edifying or the building of the body of Christ. I hope that this has been your experience up to this point and will continue to be your experience here when you come here, that you feel well-equipped and built up and edified. All right, well, Charlie feels that way, so thank you, Charlie. I can always depend on you. I love you. Till we all come, and this is where we're going we're gonna to focus on 13. Till we all come, everybody say all come, all to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to a perfect man. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's going to be a while, but uh, it's sooner than you think, ain't it? To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the unity of faith the understanding of family, and the ultimate of fullness. Father, I want to say thank you for these next few moments. Lord, what a privilege it is to to stand here week in and week out and teach your people your word, to study the word and to give them something, Lord, that they can grab a hold of and live by and experience the power of your word in their lives. Lord, we understand how important your word is to us. It's life to us who find it. It's health to all of our flesh. And we are here, Lord, to experience you, to glorify you, Lord, and to receive this seed, this word in seed form, so that it will go deep into our hearts, be planted and established in our hearts so that we can enjoy the fruit of the life that you came to give us, life in that more abundantly. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be granted to your people now. The eyes of their understanding being enlightened. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Everybody say, unity of faith. The unity of faith. See, this is, there's, you know, now more than ever, and I, I see the church changing. I see some transformation in the church. I see some old things, some things that need to die, things that need to go away, going away. Praise God for that. A lot of religion, people are shaking off religion and just all of that performance uh, mentality and legalism, and people are, are grasping the true grace of God, the true message of the gospel, which is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day, and whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. It's that simple. It's why we're called One Cause Church. We're about the cause of Christ, his message to the earth, that God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. Amen. And that there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. We call on the name of the Lord and we'll be saved. This is the gospel. Many make the gospel so many other things and make it about us having to perform right and having to do this and do that to make sure we're right with God. No, Jesus already did everything that was necessary to ensure that we would come into a right relationship with God. And the only way that we can access a right right relationship with him is to believe in Jesus. Believe that he did everything for us, huh? To save us, to bring us into glory, to make us sons of God. This is the glorious experience of the gospel. This is what separates the gospel from all other good news. It actually is good news, no strings attached. 
All right, God doesn't hang it over our head to manipulate us. Now, I was good to you. Now, you need to live right. No, that's, that's not what the gospel is. No, the gospel is we were dead, but now we're alive. We get to live right. Hallelujah. We get to. This is our response out of his love to us. We receive that love. Uh, we want to do the right thing for God. We want to live holy lives. We want to shine in the earth, not because, not out of obligation, but out of gratitude for his great love for us. But see, we believe here today. It's faith that unifies us even in this corporate gathering today, in this local body. It's, it's our faith in God that unifies us. There's lots of talk about unity in the world and how much the church does need to be unified, and I am one of those that say that. We do need to be unified, but we're not going to be unified by a certain set of rules or regulations or doctrines or creeds or domination, denominational names. We're going to be unified in one thing, and that's the unity of faith. Yeah. That's it. But right here, we have agreement. Right here, we have unity. Some things. What, what, what is it that, um, well, let me just say this. That there, there's, a, uh, there's a bridge, and you might know about this. And maybe you've heard of it, the Chalateca Bridge in Honduras. The Chalateca Bridge was a gift given by the nation of Japan to Honduras many years ago. And at the time, it was, a, it was made of, uh, it was, it was state-of-the-art manufacturing. But in 1998, Hurricane Mitch blew into Honduras, and in less than four days, they got 75 inches of rain. And, it, and it, that hurricane wiped out 150 bridges in Honduras, except for this Chalateca bridge that went over the Chalateca River. It stood firm, it stood strong, almost no damage to this bridge. But what the hurricane did was it washed out each, the roads on each side of this bridge. Let's bring a picture of that, that bridge up for a moment and show you uh, what it looked like before the hurricane came. And then this next picture, really nice structure, real, uh, beautiful. Um, so it, it covers this, this vast river. Well, uh, it washed out, like I said, the roads to each side. So this bridge is there with no roads connecting. But the most significant thing that happened was is that this hurricane came in with such force that it actually made a new channel for the river that the channel no longer ran under the bridge. It went around the bridge, hundreds of feet wide, and yet that hurricane forced it around the bridge to then it came to this next picture, and that's what it looks like today. They call it the bridge to nowhere. And though it is an impressive structure, it serves no purpose. And I'm afraid if the church does not become unified in faith, we are simply a bridge to nowhere. We have our little thing, what we do over here, and they have their little thing, what they do over there. But in the grand scheme of things, we're pretty insignificant to this world and to reaching this world and to being effective in this world because we must become unified in faith. It's the missing part. It's too much about performance. But it's really about faith in God. This is what God calls us to. I want to be a bridge that is reaching people. It's, it's not enough for the church to just have impressive structures sticking up out of the ground everywhere. If we're not relevant to our culture, then we are irrelevant. Then we are 
we're not doing what God has called us to do and being who God has called us to be, the body of Christ in the earth. Are you hearing me today? I'm not here to, to, I'm not here to, to throw stones at you. I'm just saying how important this is that we must be unified in faith because uh, this, this gathering together today, uh, this unity of faith that we have here today is just a small glimpse of what can be. It's marvelous. The fellowship here in our church, I'm, I'm continually, cont continually blessed by what you, when you gather together and come together, put your efforts together, your resources together, what you are able to accomplish. There's a, there's a, there's a marvelous um, part of creation in a bird known as the golden plover. It's a mysterious bird because the golden plover has the luxury of living in two states, six months in Alaska, and six months in Hawaii. What a life, huh? Between Alaska and Hawaii, there is nothing but ocean. There are no islands between Alaska and Hawaii. It's simply just vast blue ocean. And as a matter of fact, it's somewhere around 2,500 miles stretched. This bird flies from Alaska to Hawaii, lives in Hawaii six months, and then flies back to Alaska, does this twice a year, 2,500 miles. The golden plover is an impressive bird. It's a long flight. It's a non-stop flight. As a matter of fact, they say that by the time the golden plover lands at his destination, he has flapped his wings over a quarter of a million times. That's a lot of energy spent. So he has the ability to store up in his little six-ounce body, his ability to store up 70 hours of fuel for the flight, 70 hours. But the problem is, the dilemma is that it's an 88-hour flight. The golden plover, however, makes it not once, but twice every year. And it's baffled many that he's able to do this, make an 88-hour flight on 70 hours fuel. And you don't see any of them crashing off into the ocean. They don't take rests. They don't, they don't stop. They go all the way. The secret, though, behind this feat of strength <laughs> is that the golden plover knows something that all of us need to understand as the body of Christ and continually keep our minds on this truth is that when you are faced with an overwhelming task, the odds are stacked against you. You do not face those things alone. Uh -huh. Amen. He does not fly alone. Uh -huh. He flies with other golden plovers. Yeah. And they have found out that the golden plover has an instinct to fly in a V formation. And the scientists call it drafting. And so... What happens is the point bird, the first point out front, he's doing most of the work. I mean, he's beating those wings, and he's giving it all he's got, and he's, he's, he's facing the hardest resistance of the wind, but the next two plovers aren't fighting quite as hard. They're, fi they're, they're, they're beating their wings too, but not quite as hard as one. All the way back, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way back to wherever the last plover is in, in the V, he's getting a free ride to Hawaii. He's kicking it. 
He's laid back. It's uneasy. But he doesn't always stay back there. At one point, he's going to have to trade with point one bird. But that's how the golden plover is able to make an 88-hour flight on 70 hours of fuel because he goes with others. See, we're all unified in faith here today. And because we're, we have this unity of faith, we're able to do more and to reach further and to accomplish more because we are together. What you can do is one thing, but the scripture says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. It's exponential, the power that we have here when we are unified. And I've told you this before, the things that you have accomplished already up to this point, you've re you're, you're reaching 64 countries with the gospel right here. 64 countries. That's a, that's a marvelous thing. We have, we have four congregations, well, five congregations, four locations uh, in, in just the past two years, our influence is going up because of you, because of your unity of faith. And our message is getting out in many ways. You're, we're reaching, we're uh, supporting Ethiopia and India and New York City Relief, uh, where they feed the homeless, and you know about that ministry. Uh, you're doing so much because you're unified in faith here together. How many of you believe the gospel today? That it is the power of God to salvation. We do believe that. We believe that Christ died for our sins. We believe that he was buried. We believe that God raised him from the dead the third day. Can I get a good amen there? Huh? We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I need a real good amen there. We believe that we are healed by Jesus' stripes. Anybody yeah. believe that you're healed yeah. today? We believe that God prospers us. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like health and wealth gospel. Yeah, welcome to the Bible. It's marvelous. We believe every good thing in our life comes from our Heavenly Father. Am I still in one college church today? We believe in miracles. Hmm? We believe that anything is possible with our God. We believe, amen, that we believe that's why we lay hands on the sick and we see them recover. And they do. We believe that if we lay hands on somebody that's full of devils, we cast those devils out and we set them free. Yeah. We believe that we really are the body of Christ in the earth today. And that God has pulled us together for his purpose. We believe that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will be raised first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall ever be with the Lord. Amen. And we also believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, he's not coming alone. You're coming with him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He's going to establish his kingdom on the earth and his kingdom will know no end. Amen. Anybody believe that? I believe it. Unity of faith. Yeah. Till we all come Praise. to the unity of faith. Look at, look at verse 13. And of the knowledge of the Son. This is important. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Everybody say the understanding of family. Yeah. It's the understanding. We need to have this understanding of family if we're going to really access and, 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 and expect God's unearned favor in our lives. My mother was sitting in a waiting room uh, at a hospital 
visiting somebody, and, and there were a few people scattered around sitting in different chairs, and this little girl was going around making sure she talked to every person in the room, and she would approach him and say this, I'm special. I'm special. And one after another, and the people would just look at her, smile, mm-hmm, you're annoying me, move on. But she made sure every person in that room knew I'm special. And then she got to my mother, and my mother wasn't going to let her off that easy. She looked at my mother. She said, I'm special. And my mother said, oh, yeah? Well, what makes you so special? And she said, I'm adopted. Other kids, they're born, and their mom and daddies get what, they're, what they get. <laughs> but my mom and dad picked me. My mom and dad chose me. That's why I'm special. So you have to understand, the book of Ephesians says that he chose you. He picked you. That's what makes you special. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I'm special. He picked me. Yeah. This understanding of family that you're not just somebody working, not an employee in the kingdom of God. No, you're sons in the house of God. Hallelujah. That means that everything that is his belongs to you. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That is, you get what Jesus gets. There are so many that are encumbered with the thoughts of who am I? Somebody, people are trying to figure out who they are. Listen to me. I can set you free today. You don't have to ask that question. You just need to know who Jesus is. Then you'll know who you are. Because the way the Father feels about him is the same way he feels about you today. Hallelujah. You are sons of the living God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And your understanding of family is determined by your knowledge of the son. The more you know him, the more you know you. Glory. It's good to be in the family, isn't it? It's good to be in the family. Because in this family, there is unearned favor. Simply because we belong to him. Let's continue to read. 13, to a perfect man. Now turn to your neighbor and tell them, husband to wife, you'll, you don't have to laugh so hard when you say this, when the, you hear the other ones say this. <laughs> say this, I'm perfect. Come on. You, you have to tell your spouse. You might, because more than likely, they're not going to say that to you. <laughs> Except for my wife, she's an exception to the rule. She tells me I'm perfect all the time. But you are perfect. You are, listen to me, to a perfect man, to the measure, listen to this mouthful, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. What does he mean by that? It sounds cool, but what does it mean? He wants you, through his unearned favor, he offers the ultimate of fullness. And I'll talk, I'll, I'll explain that to you. Um, I, I have a great appreciation for just about any all-you-can-eat establishment, <laughs> especially if they're serving catfish, fried catfish. Can I get a witness? Amen. In the house. Amen. Huh? <laughs> that, to me, is 
I could eat that every day, all day. What else can I add to that? Every day, all day. That's about us. And all night. And all night. Love fried catfish. That's the oaky blood there. Just crossed the Red River, but the Red River never left me. It just stayed there, and the catfish are still swimming around in there. But I do have an appreciation, because the thing about the all-you-can-eat establishment is, is that when I walk through the doors, I hear an announcement go off in my head. Welcome, Eric. You're in charge. There's nobody here. Matter of fact, this is a portion-free zone. No one is going to determine the amount of food you'll eat today except you. You are the boss. Did you hear that? Yeah. I said you are the boss. And this is a judge-free zone. Look around you. Everybody's here for the same reason. Right? We're here to eat as much as we want, and it's such a freeing experience. But they do have one rule. Any buffet? Uh, yeah, you don't want to admit it here. Okay. Uh, I'll go. I go when Heather lets me. They, they do have one rule at, at the buffet, at the all-you-can-eat establishment, and that is upon your return to the feast aptly laying before you, please get a clean plate which is a glorious rule because in my thinking is clean plate equals clean slate. It's like I never even ate before. And you get to start the experience all over again. All your sins have been washed away. It's a brand new day. Hallelujah. New plate. Hallelujah. Just got here again. It's marvelous. See, God invites you all here to this banqueting table called the goodness of God, called the ultimate of fullness. You determine how full do you want to be? How much do you want to eat? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. How much goodness do you want? Because he's got more than enough for you. He wants you to understand that the ultimate of fullness is more than what you have right now at this moment. He named himself, ladies and gentlemen, El Shaddai, which means the God of more than enough. Well, I don't want much. Why? He's the God of more than enough. Well, I don't ask for much. Why? Ask for much. He's the God of more than enough. Well, I don't want to be selfish. And see, this is what religion teaches us. It talks us right out of God's abundant life. It's that false man-made humility that makes me, God offers us a limitless supply of himself to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, what he says is come. This is a portion-free zone. You can't ask for too much because I'm the God of more than too much. This is a judge-free zone. I judged Jesus, therefore I no longer judge you. Matter of fact, I only have one judgment about you. You are made righteous. 
I have forgiven you of all your sins. What is there to judge? Think about that for a moment. Think about what this past year has been or has not been for you this year. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. When I think about that, think about just my personal experiences within my own family and just the, some of the struggles that we had with the church and all those kinds of things. I, when I read Psalm 23, and there's one thing that David says that gets me, and he says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You think about what David did, it's recorded. I mean, aren't you glad that your sins aren't recorded in a Bible for the whole world to read? I mean, I mean, as well as the fact that he killed Goliath, but there was that whole Bathsheba thing too, right? Had the man murdered, her husband murdered to cover up the whole thing, and I mean, that's just a nasty deal. But when David, even through all of that, he says, when I look back, I see two things, two things following me, goodness and mercy. I might not be where I want to be, but I'm not going to look back and see regret. I'm not going to look back and see that there's something chasing me down that I deserve for the wrong I've done. I'm not going to look back and see the hurt I'm going to look at what God has done and who he has been for me in all of those experiences. And if I'm honest about it, and if I'm really going to give him credit, I am here today, and I look back and I go, God was good, and he was merciful. Even when I stumbled and fell again and again and again and kept being stupid and stupider and stupid does, yet God gave goodness and mercy. This is what gives us hope. This is what gives us hope for what's ahead. Because if he, if goodness and mercy is behind us, then it only stands the reason that it is before us. Because God said, I don't change. <laughs> Anybody else feeling the effect of that today? And that's an amazing thought. That he is good and he is merciful not because of what I do or don't do, but simply because that's who he is. Yeah. You know what that tells me? I can trust him. I can trust him. I can believe him with all of my heart. Because he has proven himself good and merciful. And when he decided not to hold my sins against me, I can't help but want to live for him. See, these legalistic preachers, they got all this wrong. They just got all of it wrong. They, they talk about grace as if, as if it's some kind of just some kind of net to catch you when you fall. Thank God it is. But they act like if we talk about the grace of God too much, 
then the people would get the wrong idea about God and want to go off and sin. What a perversion of the truth that is. Let me tell you what causes people to want to go sin is when you hear things like this. Don't do that. <laughs> right? Paul said, I heard the law. The law came and sin revived. <laughs> it said, don't do it. And I, thought, I said, I'm going to do it then. <laughs> right? You want people to live nasty, unholy lives, just talk about the law all the time. Tell them what they should and shouldn't do and just see how that works for them. But how about this? Let's just talk about how good our God is despite what we've done or who we've been or where we've been, <laughs> that he's good anyway. Doesn't that make our hearts burn within us? Doesn't that cause us to want to live a better life? to make better decisions because he is that good and because we are free to choose. Wow. Father, I thank you for this time together in your presence here. Lord, you see every heart in this room today. Everything is exposed to you. <laughs> we can fool others, but we can't fool you. You know us. And you love us. You know us and you love us. And I'm asking you right now, Lord, that your peace would come to those who are here today who are restless. Those who are weary would find strength. Those who are down today would be able to raise their eyes in hope to look forward. I want to encourage you as this end of the year is quickly approaching us. That along, I mean, it'll be history in just a few days. Let whatever issues that you've been holding on to go with 2014 too. Things that have been haunting you, things that have been bothering you, regrets, unforgiveness, bitterness, shoulda, coulda, wish I would have, all of that kind of stuff that can plague you, let it go. And let's look to 2015. Clean plate, clean slate. Let God show you nothing but his goodness and his mercy. Because that's all he wants to talk about with you. As I said earlier, he decided not to hold your sins against you. So that's not even part of his conversation with you. Let him show you his goodness and mercy. So that you live your life in simple gratitude to him. Not feeling like you need to catch up or you need to earn something. You need to get on the right track. I need to do all I know I should be doing. I should be reading my Bible more. I should be. Just stop. Enjoy his goodness in your life. And let that be the thing that fuels your decision-making, <laughs> that fuels your actions, that fuels the words that come out of your mouth. Today, for just a moment, every eye closed for just a moment, you're here today, and just by faith, 
I just want to see your hand today. Just You've taken a step of faith saying, Pastor Eric, I've been holding on to things that I know I don't need to hold on to, but today I'm letting them go. And I'm, I want to do this before you, before God. Raise my hand and say, I'm going forward. New plate, clean slate. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you right now, Lord, for these decisions being made in Jesus' name. To leave the past where it is. To let the hurts go in Jesus' name. To not keep thinking about that thing they did and living in regret one more day in Jesus' name. I just declare right now goodness and mercy is all that they will see when they look back. All they will see is the good hand of their God, the mercy of the Lord, the love of God that covers a multitude of sins so that we can all look forward and know, God, if you were good before, you will be good to us again. If you were merciful before, you will be merciful to us again. So no matter what kind of things we come into this year, you will stay tried and true. As your scripture says, though we are faithless, yet our God remains faithful. But Lord, I pray that this would be the year that we're the strongest, we're the boldest, we're the most courageous in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for you, that, that your people experience health in their bodies like they've never experienced it before. They will experience promotion and blessing and increase like they've never known it before. That they will, they will, they will boldly come into this unearned favor with arms wide open. I thank you now, Lord, that old things are passed away and all things have become new now. Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. I love you guys very much. Let me be, I don't know if you've already heard this, but uh, let me just be one of the first to say we'll see you next year. Okay? No service Wednesday night. No service this Wednesday night, so we'll see you next Sunday. Amen. What a, what a sermon. Y'all can all stand as we finish. Um, remember, no service this Sunday, and also, if you would like, uh, Thrive is going to Six Flags, so if you want to send your kids, and uh, you need to get with this lady right here, come talk with her. And while you're enjoying uh, this New Year's and the holidays, um, I had a, a prayer request made known to me. Um, while you're out experiencing football and fireworks and all that, there's people behind the scenes that are protecting and, and trying to maintain the peace and the freedom for you. And uh, there's been a real attack against our police force, and we have military, we have firefighters, we have cops, we have people that are in this church and in this community that are doing amazing things behind the scenes to keep us safe. And so as we go into these holiday seasons, as we finish them up and go to the new year, I want you to be praying for their protection and their peace. Um, there are plenty of people in this church that are, that are doing these amazing jobs. And so I'm going to pray for protection over them, and then I'm just going to quote some scripture over y'all as we go out. So Father God, I thank you for the civil service people, the cops, the firefighters, the paramedics, people in the military, that your hand is on them. It says in your word that no weapon formed against them is they're going to prosper, that you came to seek and save that which is lost, and that's what they're doing. They're seeking out and they're saving people, and I ask you to continue to save them, that your hand of protection is on their life, that you know the attack that's coming against these people now, and I ask you to plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. I ask, thank you that you're moving upon their behalf. You're giving them wisdom. You're giving them strength that though a thousand may fall at their side or 10,000 at their right hand, no evil will befall these people in the name of Jesus. 
And Father, I thank you for this congregation right now. I thank you for this amazing year that we've had as this church body. I thank you for this word that went forth, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what it's supposed to do. Father, I thank you for the word that went forth, that it went on good ground in our hearts, minds, and souls, and it'll bear fruit in each and every person's lives, some 30, 60, even 100-fold. Father, I thank you that everyone here has the mind of Christ and their body is the temple of the Most High God. And where you reside, no sickness or disease can be there because by your son, by Jesus' stripes, each and every person here is healed. I thank you right now that if God is on our side, what can any man do to us? Because greater are you that's in this congregation than anything that's in the world. I thank you that everyone here is the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. They're blessed where they are right now, and they are blessed where they are going into the year 2015. Thank you that everything they put their hands to prospers because they are your sons and daughters. Finally, Father, I thank you that each and every person here is the salt and light of the earth. They're a city set on a hill, and they will not be hidden. We will not hold back this good news that you so radically changed our lives with. We will go out and we will share it with family members, with coworkers, with neighbors, with people we come in contact with. We will be the light that they need to know that you're good and you're doing good things in this world. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a happy new year. If you need prayer, we're going to have some prayer people up here. Uh, if you need some prayer, please come and see them. God bless y'all. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.